You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, who's ready for God's word this morning? Awesome. Hey, well, before we get into it, let me pray. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. Uh, God, we come under your word uh, as students, oh God. We come to hear from you. We come to incline our hearts towards you. Uh, God, it's all about you this morning. We lift up the name of Jesus because your name has power. Your name's the highest. Your name's the greatest. And this morning, oh God, we pray that you'd meet us where we're at in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And well, Church, I want to tell you about the time that I went to debut uh, as a star player of hockey. Now, I've got to say star player because looking at me, you wouldn't think that I've played a day of sport in my life. Uh, but the day that I went to debut as star player, now let me tell you how I know that I was a star debut player of hockey. Uh, because for the whole season, that benched me. And in my head, I was going through this narrative, Kaylin, they've only benched you because if they pulled you out too early, there'd be no competition at all for the rest of the teams. So you're their star player. And this theory was confirmed because... The final game was about to be played the week after the game that we just had. And they caught, the teacher called me up and they said, Kalen, we're desperate. We need you. We want you. We've been really just sidelining you because of that very thought that you had. No, I'm lying. Uh, they, <clears throat> they actually sidelined me and they said, Kalen, the other person that we chose has backed out. So we really desperately need you for this game. And so let me tell you, church, everything leading up to this game that could have been a setback was a setback. Because just as I was going to debut as star player for hockey, I was training in another sport, martial art, uh, and I'd broken my, my knuckle uh, during that time, so I was recovering. They'd put me in a handcast, but that wasn't stopping me. I was still going to debut as star player for hockey. So I decided, Kaylin, you're still going, so I hit it off. And here I was heading to the vans that were about to take us to this game. And I went over the bridge in Huntley, because every story happens there. I was walking over the bridge in Huntley, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a rock came flying out from the side of the bridge, and it hit the side of my head. And let me tell you, I remember absolutely nothing. I was down cold on the ground. Another setback happened towards this debut for me as the star player of this hockey game. And so I stand up with a few moments to spare. I run to the doctors, and the doctors are just closing because it's close to five o'clock. And so no doctor was available. The receptionist was there, and she said, I'll fix it for you. She grabs a, like, earbud, and she starts jamming that thing against the saw, and I'm like, this lady's not trained in first aid. What on earth? I had a few moments to spare. I ran to the vans. We finally got on the vans. I got to the game. I was about to, I started suiting up, gearing up. And I realized in that moment that I've forgotten all of my shin pads. I've forgotten all the guards. And you got to know you're not allowed to play without any of those because health and safety, fun. Um, and so I, so being from Huntley, all of my friends, they gathered all their books out of their bags. They started pulling that all together. We shoved those down our socks as proper shin guards. Let me tell you another setback. But nothing can compare to the greatest victory and moment of my life when I went to debut as the star player of hockey. I know I keep going on about that. But let me tell you, none of those setbacks could prepare me for the moment that I was about to experience. Final moments of the game, final moments up on the clock. It was a rainy night, final countdown playing in my head. Big-shouldered guy staring me down from the goal. And I went to run for the ball in those last moments and everything slowed down like I was in a movie. I trip up, that wasn't going to stop me. I dive rolled, I put out my arm just to nip the edge of the ball. Come on somebody, it went flying through the defence. It went flying through the legs of the goal. It went into the goal and the crowd went wild. 
You're all clapping, but by crowd I mean two people. It was a teacher and someone's parent. Because who goes to watch hockey in their right mind? But notice this morning how I share that story of the great victory, including all of its setbacks, because the setbacks make the victory that much greater. Have you ever noticed this morning, church, that most of life's greatest stories ever told are defined by a good comeback? In fact, there's a story of one man that I heard of uh, who after his business had gone bankrupt and at the lowest point of his career, he picked up a pencil and began to draw. Little did he know that day that as he began to draw, he would create for us the foundation of the world of animation that we know today. His name, friends, was Walt Disney. There was another man who was denied over a thousand times of starting his own business, only $105 to his name, age 62. He picked up 10 simple ingredients. Oh, and come on, somebody. He picked up the 11th ingredient, and he created for us the worldwide movement that Christians know too well today. KFC, his name was Colonel Sanders. Sanders. J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, Rosa Parks, John Wesley, Martin Luther, all great names that we know and love today. Friend, Jesus Christ above all else, who we know was in a moment of setback where the world looked on as he was sealed in a tomb, yet on the third day, he came back and he rose again. All individuals whose stories were not defined by their setbacks, but known and loved today because they were known for their comebacks. Can I say this morning, perhaps this morning you don't know the greatness of the moment that you're on the edge of. Perhaps you don't know this morning that you're on the precipice of your purpose. But I'm here to encourage somebody today. Whatever place you've found yourself in, whatever attitude you've carried, whatever struggle you've been through or going through or will go through in 2024. Friend, here's the word of the Lord for you this morning. Get back up. Come on, touch the neighbor and tell them get back up. I want us to take a look at a story this morning of a man whose who's encounter with Jesus encouraged him and in fact encourages us today to get back up. It's found in John chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. You can follow along in your Bible or on the big Bible the screen. It says this from the New Living Translation. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw the man, he said to him, for, um, he's, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the bu- water bubbles up. Now, just to set a little bit of context to that and give you a bit of understanding, is uh, early believers or early people thought that there was an angel that came to this pool, stirred it up, and the first person to get inside that pool would become healed. He goes on to say, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat, and he began to walk. God bless the reading of his word this morning. Now, the question that we all need to ask ourselves is when life gets us down, when situations has caused us to stumble, when we're feeling defeated or discouraged, when we feel depleted or at the end of ourselves, how do we get back up? Great question. Glad you asked it. Well, firstly, you need to know this morning, church, in order for you to get back up, you're going to need to respond. Everyone say respond. See, here's the truth this morning. We don't always get to choose what happens to us, but we always get to choose how we'll respond. See, what I've discovered in, in most of life's issues or the problems that I've encountered is most of these things could be solved by responding to them rather than reacting. Now, I told my wife that. She elbowed me and she said, did you hear what you just said? Why? Because you've got to understand this morning that there is a difference between a reaction and a response. 
Reactions, friend, come from the heat of the moment, but a response is measured. Let me say that again. Reactions come from the heat of a moment, but a response is measured. And so notice in our story, here's Jesus, and he asks the man, would you like to get well? Notice that Jesus doesn't ask him, would you? He doesn't say, why aren't you sorry? He says, would you like to get well? And here's Jesus waiting on this man, waiting for this man on this mat to respond to him. But instead of being met with a response, Jesus was res- is met with a reaction. See, and I really believe this morning that this man reacts in ways that often we're familiar with in our lives and in our faith that will often undersell us in our walk with God. So if you're taking additional notes, because I like to throw those additional notes, uh, you need to know this morning, let me parallel these two res- this reaction and this response. This man, you've got to understand this morning, he reacts in defeat. He says to Jesus, I can't, sir. Friend, are you familiar with defeat this morning? I can't. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good looking enough. Are you familiar this morning with the reaction of defeat? See, I want to encourage every single one of us as a people of God that we don't react with defeat, but we respond with faith and victory. Come on, we respond with faith and victory this morning. You can clap for that. See, we need to begin to say, instead of saying, I can't, I'm not good enough, I can't, I won't, we need to begin to respond with faith and victory, saying, though I haven't seen it, I have faith to believe that God will do it. Though I've been waiting a day, a week, a month, or a year, friends reference, I'm standing on the edge of victory. Come on, he reacts in comparison. He says to Jesus, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Are you familiar this morning with the friend called comparison? Comparing yourself to the standard of others. Comparing maybe your parenting to the standard of others. Comparing your life to the standard of others. Because this morning I want to tell you that we aren't meant to react in comparison, but as a people of God, we respond with thanksgiving. Come on, I thank God for that person's healing. I thank God for that person being promoted ahead of me. I thank God for that person's breakthrough because I still respond with faith and victory that, God, you're able to do it in my life too. Come on, we, we also see that this man, he reacts with the frailty of his words. Have you ever noticed, church, that your words hold power? Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power over life and death. Come on, he reacts with the weight of his word. But come on, somebody. As a people of God, we respond with the weight and authority of God's final word. Come on, if the word of God says it, he'll do it. If the the word of God has promised it, he will cause it to come to pass. Come on, reactions come from the heat of a moment, but a response is measured. How then should we respond, or how then should we as a people of God measure our response? Simple. We measure everything by the person of Jesus Christ, and by the authority of the Word of God. If it doesn't align with the authority of the Word of God, then you can be assured that it's most likely not God. Come on, any prophetic people in the room, if it doesn't align with the Word of God, then we're just uttering useless gonging sounds and symbols. It needs to align to the person of Jesus and the Word of God. You know what that means this morning? When things happen, when situations arise, we don't react to the heat of what's going on, but we measure our response by the person of Jesus Christ and by the truth of the word of God. And so let me ask you this morning, friend, are you reacting or are you responding? Are you reacting or are you responding? Second thought is this, in order for you to get back up, just as Jesus said, friend, you're going to need to stand up. Everyone say stand up. You know, I'm... Um, a few months ago, I was, uh, my wife had our child, and so as any good dad does, I went straight away, I left, uh, and I went off to the beach, 
And I was heading to the beach, I was on the motorway, and I decided to take a left instead of a right. And long story short, I found myself walking up the steps to a museum. And as I walked up these steps to this museum, I began to cry because I started to sing my own depressing song, Caitlin, you're only the lonely why you're here at a museum by yourself. Go get some friends. But the second reason was uh, because the Lord was convicting my heart and he said something even more profound. He said, as I looked at the scope of history through the lens of my faith, the Lord started to speak to me and he said, Caitlin, you're crying because you got so caught up in your own little world got so caught up in your own problems, you got so focused on the things happening in your own life that you lost sight of the bigger picture. Caitlin, you've lost perspective. And then I felt simply the Lord inviting me back and he said, come see things, Caitlin, as I see them. Come get my perspective. Come see things from my vantage point, the point of eternity, because I see all. Hear me today, friend. Stop viewing your defeats through your defeats. Stop being like this man on the mat and seeing things only from the vantage point of a mat. Come on, somebody, we've got Almighty God on our side. We can see things as, as heaven would see them. Stop, stop seeing your problems through your problems. Stand up and get a different view. Stand up and get God's perspective on your life. Get an eternal perspective. Stand up and see things as he would see them. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2, I love this. See, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Get the set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, I don't know if you're, anyone's familiar this morning with a great classic starring Mr. Miyagi and Daniel LaRusso. If you are familiar, tough luck. I'm going to present it anyway. Uh, well, in this, in this movie called Karate Kid, uh, there's the scene where Daniel gets illegally kicked in the last round, which then damages his leg. Then enter stage Johnny Lawrence, who steps up to, to verse Daniel, and Johnny keeps winning the rounds based on playing on Daniel LaRusso's bad leg. But Daniel keeps standing up, and we know this final scene. Daniel gets up one last time. He gets on one leg, and I'm not going to do it because i got a mic, and he kicks the competition, and the crowd goes wild. Let me tell you, here's the truth this morning. Many of us, after getting hurt by the things of life, fall and we end up staying down. Friend, I'm here to encourage you this morning to stand up again. Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip up seven times, but they will get up again. Notice that the word of God says they will. It doesn't say they might. Oh, after a little season, they, they could potentially. No, it says the godly may trip up seven times, but they will get up again. See, my prayer this morning for all of us is that our faith would be resilient. Resilience is this, it's the ability to be stretched and to recover. Resilience is the ability to go through things in our life, to be stretched to the point of concern and then to recover. See, the Lord encouraged me once and he said, Kalen, stop calling a fall a fall. He said, start calling it a squat. And he said, don't call it a fall because falling assumes that you're going down to stay down, but a squat confirms that you're going down to get back up again. Come on, start calling a fall a squat. See, because every time we squat, come on somebody, we build the faith muscle to stand back up again. So that when the enemy comes in with the same tactic, when discouragement pops its head, the next time falling tempts you, you will have the faith muscle to stand up again. Let me ask you today, are you seeing things as God sees them? Because if you aren't, then friend, you need to stand up. Get God's perspective. Thirdly, in order for us to get back up, you need to know today that you need to pick up your mat. And once they pick up your mat. 
Now, I understand in this encounter that Jesus has with this man, I get Jesus saying stand up, I get Jesus saying walk, because those things are pivotal to this man's miracle. But I always find it crazy that Jesus tells this man to pick up the very thing that he would have wanted to get rid of the most. For 38 years, Jesus, I've been down on this man. For 38 years, society has walked past me. For 38 years, people have passed me by and thought of me as nothing. But Jesus, you're telling me that I need to stand up and I'm going to walk. But in order for me to do that, I need to pick up the mat. What's that all about? Well, I really believe this morning that there's three things that Jesus was doing in saying this to the man and pick up your mat. He was saying, take authority, remember the victory, and let it be a witness. Let me say that again. He was saying to the man and saying, pick up your mat, take authority, remember the victory, and let it be a witness. Let me ask you, church, what's that mat for you today? Have you gotten comfortable with the things which God is calling you to confront? Perhaps this morning anger has become the mat. Perhaps your financial situation has kept you on a mat. Perhaps an addiction, a habit, a sin has been so comfortable for you that you've made it a mat. Perhaps this morning it's a matter of unforgiveness, a matter of shame, a matter of fear, a matter of, a matter of offense, a matter of worry, a matter of, of uncertainty. Maybe you've stayed on a mat called the job you despise, even though you heard, clearly heard God give you a dream and a vision for something more. Perhaps this morning maybe a mat of, un, of security, a mat of security which has led you to being disobedient and stepping out in faith to that which God is calling you to do because you got so comfortable on the mat. Friend, whatever the matters for you this morning, I'm here to remind you, Romans 8, chapter 11, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you and gives life to your mortal bodies. Do you know what that means this morning? Friend, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit available for you today to take authority and get up off the mat. The same Spirit that helped in conquering death, hell, and the grave. Friend, in, through, and by Him, you can take authority over that which you have been allowed to take authority over you. Pick up your mat. Take authority. Pick up your mat. Remember the victory. See, too many people after picking up the mat, they pick up their mat. They go and lay it down in a nice spot and they get back down on it again. I'm here to tell you this morning, friend, don't pick up the mat to put it back down. Don't pick up the mat to get comfortable with it again, but pick it up to allow it to remember, to remind you of the victory that God has brought you through. See, Revelation 12, 11 says that we, the people of God, overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Come on, somebody, the testimony. You know that word testimony is a Hebrew word, aduth, and aduth is a declaration, meaning to do it again. See, every time, friend, you share that testimony of his provision, every time you share of his grace and his kindness and his mercy, every time you remind yourself of his victory, you're declaring that God has done it before and God can do it again. Not only in your life, but the life of others around you also. Listen, don't forget the wildernesses, don't forget the walls, and don't forget the worries that God himself has brought you through. Because let me testify to you today. If he can do it, then he can do it again. Pick up your mat, let it be a witness. Let it be a witness this morning. See, there are breakthroughs on the other side of your battles. There's salvations on the other side of your struggles. There's opportunities on the other side of your oppressions and oppositions. There's testimonies on the other side of your tests. And there are messages on the other side of your messages. Let it be a witness. Testifying to the people of the goodness, mercy, and grace of our almighty God. Pick up your mat. Take authority over that which was taking authority over you. Remember the victory that God has brought you through and allow it to be a witness to the world of his goodness. Final point is this, if the keys could join me. Friend, in order for you to get back up this morning, you need to walk. 
Stand up, pick up your mat, walk. Uh, Remember that this is a man who has been paralyzed and on the mat for 38 years. For 38 years, he's had no functionality or ability to walk. For 38 years, he's lost all muscle memory that it takes to walk or take that step. For 38 years, he's never been mobile. So for him to be told to walk, how many people know that that would have been the most difficult moment of his life? It would have taken every ounce of courage for him to take that first step. Here's the truth this morning. The greatest barrier, friend, for your growth, the greatest enemy for you to gain momentum in your life, the greatest thief of your purpose is by never taking that first step. Now, I really believe that there's people in this room this morning and fear has prevented you from taking the step of obedience and faith. If you want to walk in all that God has for you, hear me today, His plans and His purposes for your life, you're going to need to take that first step. Now, Steph and I, we have a bit of a joke. Uh, Every time when she was pregnant with Alia, her sister would come, and every time her sister would come, the baby would stop kicking and would just ignore her. But that all turned around the moment that she took her first steps. So Steph and I, after tireless nights, we finally got the opportunity to go off on a date. And while we were off on our date, Alia took her first steps with her auntie, the one she'd avoided all throughout the pregnancy. And so we missed those first steps. But let me tell you, the, the weeks of her learning to take those first steps was an incredible moment. You know, there's that walk, when they're standing there, when they get up on their legs, there's that moment of uncertainty, that moment of fear, that moment of, oh no, what's going to happen? But something incredible happens when mom or dad, they get down on the level of their child. When they get down, they open their arms and they say, come. I don't know why I did that. Come. <laughs> but you know, you notice with, with the child that there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, there's a lot of worry, there's a lot of hesitation, but it's as soon as mum and dad get down on their level, they open their arms and they say, would you come to me? That there's this moment of courage, there's this ounce of strength that they find that they muster up, they get excited, but too excited, sometimes they just fall. But they get very excited and they come to mum and dad. I need to remind some people this morning, Friend, if you're struggling to take that step of faith, if you're, taking, if you're worried to take that step of obedience that God has called you to, you need to be reminded today that you have a loving Father who got down on your level through the person of Jesus Christ. He opens His arms and He says, would you come to me? Would you trust me? Would you allow me to be there for you when you take that step? And that should give somebody a bit of courage as it does for a little child where you say, man, if Dad's there, If my father's there and his arms are open wide, then I should have courage to take that step. Come on, somebody, somebody. If you fall, you know he's right there to pick you back up. Let me ask you right now in this moment, where in your life do you need to take that step of faith or that step of obedience? See, in order for every single one of us to get back up in 2024, we're gonna need to respond measuring our response to the person of Jesus and by the authority of the Word of God. We need to stand up to fix our attention, to get God's perspective on our life. We need to pick up our mat, to take authority over that which we thought had authority over us, to remember the victory that He's brought us through, and to begin to walk and allow our walk to be a witness to others in taking that step of faith. I want to encourage you for 2024. Here's a word from the Lord. Proverbs 24 verse 16. The godly may trip up seven times, but they will get up again. So good. Respond, stand up, pick up your mat, and begin to walk.
With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I'd love to pray for us. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every single person in this room this morning. And Lord, whatever it is for us, whether it's us walking, whether it's us picking up the mat, whether it's us standing up again to get your perspective, whether it takes us responding, whatever it is in 2024, oh God, I pray that we'd have the faith and the confidence and the courage to take those steps that you're calling us to. God, help us in this journey of of living and loving you. God, we honour you this morning. Over 2024, oh God, may we respond, stand up, pick up our mat and walk again to the glory of your name in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed. Friend, you need to know today that you aren't getting off the mat in your own strength. You aren't leaving those struggles in your own strength. The answer and the only thing that can help you out of that place is Jesus. Jesus, he's your only answer. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know God. Maybe you don't have a living relationship with him. Maybe you once knew him, but you know this morning that your heart is far from him. Let me declare something over you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created this morning for life and life in abundance. You were created, friend, for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things is because of sin. Sin is this. Sin is the barrier between us and God. Sin is to miss the mark. Sin is to choose our ways over God's ways. In fact, the Bible says that the result or the penalty of sin is death. You and I, friend, this morning, we were dead in our sins. But God, our loving Father, in His grace and His love and His mercy, He didn't want to leave us in that place. So here's what He did. He sent Jesus, who lived a perfect and holy and blameless life, yet was beaten and crucified on a cross for the penalty of death that you and I deserved. And friend, this morning, I want to tell you that He's extending His hands to you. And all you need to decide this morning is, are you going to accept Him? Will you make Him the Lord of your life? Will you turn from your sin and dedicate your walk according to His ways? So here's what I'm going to do. In a moment, I'm going to count down from three. And if that's you, if you're saying, Kaylin, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want Him in my life. I want to say yes to Him as my Lord and Savior. Then all you need to do is just lift your hand nice and high so I know who it is I'm praying for this morning. Awesome. No one's looking around. This isn't to embarrass you. This is just so I know who it is this morning that I'm praying with. So here we go. Three, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Two, He's standing at the door of your heart saying, would you let me in? One, if that's you, would you mind lifting your hand? You're saying, Kaylin, count me in that prayer. I want to know Jesus. Awesome. Hand over there. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you guys. See anyone else this morning? Well, church, we're going to pray this prayer together. Why don't you repeat this after me? Everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I turn, choose to turn from sin and follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me afresh in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Come on, church, can we celebrate all those decisions made for Jesus this morning? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.